What's going on guys? It's Nick here, back with another video. It's Friday, so time to go over every game, talking about the wide receivers I'd be starting and sitting this week. I'll go over all the relevant players in this video, but as per usual, if you still have questions afterwards, I have rankings on the website, thefencefootballadvice.com, and there's a free game-by-game -game breakdown linked in the description box below as well. So with that, Let's go over the first game this week. No London games. You guys can sleep in, not have to worry about missing that. Vikings at Dolphins, 45.5 point total. Vikings, 3.5 point road favorites. For the Vikings, obviously, start Justin Jefferson. And then Thielen is a fine play in the flex. He's been wide receiver 35 right now, though. So, it, I mean, it kind of depends on who you have. I would say for most teams, that's kind of like your best player on the bench each week. The ceiling uh, is definitely still there, right? His like 100th percentile outcome is still 122 touchdowns. It's just that he's going to hit that ceiling at a much lower rate this season. Jefferson is dominating the target share, and that's only left Thielen with one game over 61 receiving yards this season, only one touchdown on the year, under a 19% target share. So again, he could be played in the flex, but it's like a pretty low-end flex play. For the Dolphins, Tyreek Hill has a foot injury, uh, but he said he's going to play this week. Like It really seems like he's going to be playing. Unfortunately, Tua is out. Teddy is doubtful. So we got Skylar Thompson, like, as the likely quarterback, I believe they've announced him as the quarterback already. And so kind of a mixed bag there. He was incredible in the preseason, but he is a seventh round rookie. And this isn't the preseason, right? This is, you know, his, his first NFL start. And so you would imagine that he's not going to be as good as Tua, probably not going to be as good as Teddy would have been. So it's kind of tough to know exactly how he's going to be, but uh, I think it's an obvious downgrade for the offense in general. I projected Miami to be more run heavy. I increased their sack projection. I didn't do these by like a ton, just like small increases to uh, how, like, how heavy they're going to be running the ball, how much they're going to get sacked. And then I dropped their yards per pass attempt. I dropped their completion percentages, again, only by a small amount for each, even doing that. Hill still grades out as like a low-end wide receiver one, and Waddle grades out as a wide receiver two. I think that these two are heavily enough involved in the offense. They have a high enough target share. The offense runs through them to the point where you're playing them, honestly, no matter who the quarterback is. Sure, uh, like I guess we just kind of said with Thielen, like their chances of hitting their ceiling are a little bit lower when you have a third-string rookie quarterback playing for them. But these two are explosive enough to where it really only takes one play and they're involved enough to where they're going to get a lot of chances at having that one play. So I think you're playing both of them. Just understand that the projection has to be lower. Patriots at Browns. Up next, 43-point total. Browns, 2.5-point road favorites. The Patriots. Jacoby Myers ranks 5th in target share, ninth in air yards per game this season. Like, he's been really, really good. Uh, he looked good last week coming off of the knee injury. So I think you can trust him as like a mid to low end wide receiver to this week. Like if you have him, I would say do your best to get him into the starting lineup. Like before he had this high target share, but none of it was coming deep downfield. Like 
he's very involved in the offense, the clear number one wide receiver. Like, he's got a good role. I think you're just playing him. Now, Tyquan Thornton returned last week. That did not impact Myers. It basically tanked the value of Parker, Aguilar, and Kendrick Bourne to where you can't even roster really those three. They have basically no value. Thornton's honestly the second wide receiver I would want on this offense. He's definitely worth stashing in deeper leagues. I would say if you're in an 8, 10, 12-team league, maybe you don't need to. But, hey, 12-team league, you got like eight bench spots you're in a competitive league. It's a name to just keep in mind. He's going to run a lot of routes. He's got big play potential. But again, that doesn't impact Myers. It impacts all the other receivers. Uh, I would not play him this week, though. For the Browns, Cooper is really the only one you're considering here. The Pats rank 8th in pass defense DVOA, 2nd in yards per pass attempt allowed. So this is a tough spot for Cooper, but you can still play him as like a, a low floor, high ceiling play. He's just a type of player that's going to give you three for 30. So it's just going to happen. You have to be okay with that because he could also go out there and have eight for 120 and two scores. And you're like, why did I bench him? I would say his chance of hitting the ceiling is lower in this matchup. And I'm not really expecting him to, but he's still a solid boom bust play. Give your lineup a little bit of upside in the flex. If you've got someone that projects for like a point or two higher that you feel better about, I'm cool benching him if you need to. 49ers at Falcons is up next. This game has a 44.5 point total. 49ers, 5.5 point road favorites. For the 49ers, always start Debo. That's not really a discussion point. Um, I would say that Ayuk is more of like a, a low end flex play for me this week. There are some weeks where you can use him, but. This isn't really a game environment. I'm expecting the 49ers to have to throw the ball, have to play aggressive, have to play fast. So even though he's got a 20% target share on the season, like they're not going to have to throw it. So a 20% share of a very low number still isn't all that great. And so he's got a ceiling if they're forced to throw. Like maybe the Falcons get lucky. Maybe they get like a pick six or a fumble touchdown. Maybe they have like two really good drives. And it forces San Fran to not run it. But the most likely scenario is San Fran runs it a ton. They use Kittle. They use Debo. And Ayuk maybe does have a close to a 20% share. But, you know, it's of a low number. And so he's not that great. I don't think you need to play him this week. For the Falcons, sort of depends on Kyle Pitts. But even while projecting, because right now, until he's confirmed in, I kind of have him projected out. Even projecting that, Drake London's the only pass catcher really looking at for the Falcons. And even him, like, you know, he had a rough game last week. Uh, he kind of showed that, you know, he's still a rookie. He's not going to go out there and have like a 50% target share when Pitts is out. He's still at a 33% share on the season, which is like really good. You know, it's the third highest among all players. So he's still a phenomenal talent, going to get a ton of looks. But San Fran doesn't really have a defense I want to attack. So it's only Drake London. It's He's only grading out as like a really solid play in the flex, but I would say, honestly, regardless of if Pitts plays or doesn't play, London's a flex play. He doesn't grade out as a wide receiver too, but you know he's a good enough talent, going to have a very healthy target share to where I would probably play him in the flex. Bucks at Steelers is up next. 43.5 point total. A lot of low total games this week, by the way. Bucks 8.5 point road favorites. For the Bucs, their wide receivers are finally getting healthy now, and so you should just always, when they're healthy, be playing Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Like, 
Just put them in your starting lineup. Their floor is pretty darn high. And of course, we know each of them has a monster ceiling. Uh, and when they're healthy, that sort of takes Gage and Julio out of contention for us. So I would just stick with Evans and Godwin on that side. For the Steelers, it's a little bit interesting. So as I've been saying for a while, Pickens might be like the best wide receiver on this team by the end of the season into next year. And at the very least, he's going to command targets. Over the last two weeks, he has eight targets in each game. He has stat lines of six for 102 and six for 83. And if you look at his routes, they're high upside routes. They're going deep downfield. The thing is, on the season, Deontay has a 27% target share compared to 16% for Pickens. And so you're like, ah, okay, well, Deontay's clearly still the one. But over the last three weeks, the target share is 24% for Deontay, 21% for Pickens. These two are much closer in value than it seems, and it is only a matter of time before Pickens goes out there and he has like seven for 110 yards and a touchdown, and people look at these box scores and they're like, oh my goodness, this kid is awesome. He's really breaking out. Like I don't see how you can watch him play, how you can look at this offense and not think he needs to command more targets. They need to get the ball into his hands, and again, his routes are just better. Then Deontay, like Deontay is a great wide receiver, but if you give them the equal amount of targets, you like Pickens more because his targets are deeper downfield. They have more upside. He's got a lot of red zone upside. Like he's a phenomenal player. Now this week, I would say if we're kind of expecting, you know, the similar volume we've seen over the last three weeks, it's basically Deontay and Pickens are like flex viable with maybe the lean towards Deontay because he does still have a slightly higher target share and he is still a great talent but I would just say in general for this offense you're not playing Chase Claypool and again both of them I don't think I'd feel comfortable with either at wide receiver two but both have the upside to be played in the flex Bengals at Saints is up next 43 point total Bengals two point road favorites for the Bengals Sort of depends on T. Higgins. He's listed as day-to-day. He did not practice on Wednesday. We will see what happens later today for me, yesterday for you guys on Thursday and into Friday. Like, I think we're going to kind of know. Obviously, if he doesn't practice through Friday, he's not playing, but just watch the practice reports, see what happens there. Uh, Regardless of that status, you're playing Chase. I know he struggled this season because teams are just, like, focusing on stopping him, but you play Jamar Chase every week. I don't care what happens to Higgins. It would really just make Boyd a stronger play if Higgins is out. Uh, And honestly, Hayden Hurst would be a stronger play as well. Ultimately, I mean, I don't really think Boyd, even if we project Higgins to not play, he doesn't have a strong enough target share, a good enough projection to where I'd really want to play him in like anything less than a 14-team league. 14, 16 teams, you might have to play a lot of different people you don't want to play. Uh, You know, 8, 10, 12-team leagues, you probably don't need to play Boyd regardless. And then with Higgins, just check the status. I know it's frustrating having him go out there and instantly aggravate the ankle that could happen again so if he's maybe like limited thursday full on friday and he's like fully good to go then we probably play him but you know if he's like out thursday limited friday questionable going in like a game time decision there is a world where it's like you know he's active but still doesn't play all that much and so it's like we have to watch the practice reports and i will update the rankings accordingly for the saints I mean, you know, it's like more injuries, really. I mean, it's like Landry, Michael Thomas, Olave, all of them missed practice on Wednesday. We still don't really know their status. And like, there's so many combinations there. This is another one where it's like, 
just watch the practice reports. I'll update the rankings. Like there's so many different combinations here that we can't go over all of them. I will say like if Michael Thomas were to play, if Olave were to play, I think both those are just good enough talents to where you're just starting either one of them, whether it's one or both of them playing. Landry would probably gain the most, um, I would say the most appeal if like it was Landry playing in no Thomas and no Olave. But even then, it's Jarvis Landry. He's not some incredible talent. So I would say Michael Thomas Olave, if they're able to make it on the field, play them. If not, it's probably no one else there. I mean, you can look at Callaway. You can look at Traquan Smith. But like, it would really just be the Alvin Kamara show if these guys are out. Next up, Ravens at Giants. 44.5 point total. Ravens 6 point road favorites. And what do you know? More injuries. For the Ravens, we don't know the status of Bateman. He missed last week's game. He did not practice through Wednesday. He'll definitely need to practice by like Thursday, Friday to have a chance of playing. But again, check that and we'll see. If he's out again, Duvernay yet again is a good play in the flex. He'll see around that like six, seven, eight targets. He'll mix in for a few carries. Like he'll just get enough touches to where, you know, he's a good play. Him and Andrews are going to see like 50 to 60% of the targets if Bateman is out. And while, you know, Mark Andrews is obviously a smash play, like if Bateman's going to see, you know, again, six to eight targets, be efficient with them, be used in the running game, like he's a good play in the flex. Uh, but then I would say if Bateman's back, you don't necessarily need to play Duvernay. Giants. Uh, injuries. <laughs> it's the same story with so many of these teams. Shepard out. Galladay probably out. Tony probably out. You know, if you looked at this at the beginning of the season, you thought that was going to be a three wide receiver sets. Maybe, I mean, we kind of thought Wando would be there too. But guess what? Wando's been out as well. Um, Wando has a chance, though, this week of playing. He was limited all week last week. He's been limited this week. So it would be nice if on Thursday or Friday he could get a full practice in. We could really know his status. Because when he comes back, I just think, like, he's so much more talented than all the other wide receivers. He'll have a good target share. It's just... We don't know when he's coming back, and so check the practice reports, check what they're saying, and also if he's limited Thursday, Friday, and he's coming back, it's like, we don't know how many snaps he's going to play. So in his first week back, I probably wouldn't play him, so the only possibility here is he's out, maybe you can play Slayton in like the flex, but even him, he's not that amazing of talent, he's like a good player, but you know, he, he would still be someone who could go out there and have two catches for 20 yards, like that could absolutely happen for Slayton, so the odds are you're not playing any Giants wide receiver, but if everyone continues to be out, Slayton would be fine. I'm hoping Wandell can come back, have a good target share, and then next week we can play him. Jets at Packers is up next. 45-point total, 7-point home favorites for the Packers. For the Jets, uh, pretty bad spot for the wide receivers. The Packers are solid against the pass, awful against the run. We've got Brees Hall breaking out. We've got a team that is much more balanced under... Um, Wilson than they are Flacco. Like with Flacco, they throw it every play. With Wilson, they're going to be very balanced, going to still run the ball a ton. Um, also, the Packers play very slow, and that's obviously going to limit the opposing plays. So the Packers, every single play, are going to be efficient on offense. So they're going to drive down the field, play slow. There's going to be like one, two seconds on the play clock when they snap the ball. And it's like, even if the Jets play fast, this game in particular if you look at like all their plays throughout the year, this is probably going to be one of their lower play totals on the season. That is also bad for really everyone, but especially the pass catchers. So I would say you're probably benching 
all Jets wide receivers. If you needed to play one, I suppose you could throw Wilson or Elijah Moore in there, but it's just not a good spot, and I'd very much prefer to bench them. For the Packers, their issue is more that like no one is like no one is consistently commanding like a 25% target share. If that would happen, we would love them. It's Lazard and it's Dobbs, like they should be leading the way. They should both seem like the low 20s. But then, you know, Cobb goes out there last week and he has 13 targets, which makes absolutely no sense. And you can't even predict that sort of thing happening. Like it just, how could you possibly predict that? And if that's going to continue, like not 13 targets, but if he's going to get seven, eight targets each week, which I don't think is going to happen. But if it did, it's like, how do you, how do you know who to play in this offense? I'll say, I think Dobbs, I think Lazard are very clearly the best two wide receivers right now. I think that both of them are flex viable. I have Dobbs as the 27th wide receiver. I have Lazard as 29th. So it's possible you bench them. It's possible you play them. It really just depends on what you have. But I would feel good about both. Good touchdown expectation. They're going to be out there for a ton of snaps. And on average, they're going to perform better than they did last week. Especially, there's nothing to fear about the Jets' uh, defense. Jaguars at Colts, up next, 42-point total. Colts, one-and-a-half point home favorites. The Jaguars, Christian Kirk is still a must-start. I know that he didn't do that amazing last week, but he still got over a 22% target share. Uh, as a team that projects for nearly 37 pass attempts. That is a good target projection for Christian Kirk. Uh, they talked this week about how they do need to get him more targets. It seems like they're going to do that this week. We know Marvin Jones has a difficult matchup with Stephon Gilmore. We know that Gilmore is not going to be covering Christian Kirk in the slot. It's highly likely that his 53% catch rate on the season is going to increase. Like Everything sets up well for a bounce-back spot for Christian Kirk. You know, he has less than 60 receiving yards in only one game this season. Like, he could very easily go out there this week, have 100 and a touchdown. Again, I think you are starting him this week. Zay Jones, I would say, is the next most appealing, but he's only fine. He's like a low-end flex play. He's got a good target share, but um, his targets don't come as deep downfield as Christian Kirk, and he's not as good as Kirk. And so, again, lower-end flex play, you probably don't need to go there. For the Colts, I know Pittman has been disappointing, but he's coming off a brutal matchup. Uh, he still has a 23% target share on the season. He's got heavy red zone usage. This game doesn't have a super high chance of like really popping off, but Pittman should be able to rack up you know eight, nine targets, and he's always been efficient with his targets. So as long as he's getting eight or nine looks, he's going to be good in this game. I could see like a seven for 80 or 90 receiving yard game coming from him. The only real question is, does he score? You know, seven for 80 is like a solid game. If you add a touchdown on it, that's a really, really good game. Obviously, you can't predict that. But again, heavy red zone usage. If they can make it to the red zone, if they can score a touchdown this week, you know, he's got a good chance of being that guy who converts. After Pittman, it's Pierce emerging as that clear number two. But the role is not defined enough yet. I would say 14, 16 team leagues, you can start looking there, especially in full PPR. If you're in 8, 10, 12 team leagues, I would want to see it. Again, I'd want to see that consistent production from him before I'm willing to use him in the flex. We can probably just keep him as a stash right now. Starting off the 4 o'clock games, we've got Cardinals at Seahawks. Very high 15.5 point total. One of only two high total games this week. Cardinals, 2.5 point road favorites. For the Cardinals, this is as good a spot as it gets. Seahawks, 31st in pass defense DVOA. 31st in yards for pass attempt allowed. Uh, this game has the second highest total of the week. 
close two and a half point spread. Like this is a phenomenal spot. You're starting Marquise Brown as a rock solid wide receiver one. And then Rondell Moore could honestly be played in the flex this week. He's got a 19% target share since returning. And given his low ADOT, like that sort of caps the yardage upside. But if you have a 19% target share and a super low ADOT, you're probably catching a ton of those targets. He's got a 77% catch rate in the season. That should continue. And if you pencil him in for, you know, one to two rush attempts as well, you know, he's a really solid play, especially in full PPR. But even half PPR, he's in a wide receiver 28 right now. For the Seahawks. I would imagine that Byron Murphy is going to be on Metcalf this week. And so, like, while it could be wrong there, it just kind of makes sense. He said he wants to shadow, you know, the top wide receiver. I think everyone would view Metcalf as their top wide receiver. Um, so I suppose he could be on Lockett. But, like, this does profile as just an explosion spot for Tyler Lockett. He has exploded against this team in the past. Uh, we're not projecting, like, 150 and three touchdowns. I think that's what he had, like, a year or two ago. But... It's a really good spot for Lockett. You're playing Tyler Lockett this week. And I think you're still playing Metcalf, even if Murphy is on him. Like, you know, it's DK Metcalf. Uh, He's been performing really, really well this season. Geno's been playing really well. High total game, great game environment. Like, I think you're just playing both of these guys. But Lockett is the one I'm most interested in this week. Panthers at Rams is up next. This game is a 41-point total. Rams 10-point home favorites. For the Panthers... They are 10-point road underdogs projected to score less than 16 points against an elite defense with effectively their fourth-string quarterback. You're benching all their wide receivers this week with the hopes that maybe P.J. Walker can do something, maybe you know D.J. Moore can do something, but let's be honest, I, I don't think you can start any of them. For the Rams, just play Cooper Cup and bench everyone else. That's really just where we're at with the Rams' offense. Next game. Game of the week, Bills at Chiefs, 54-point total, Bills, two-and-a-half-point road favorites. For the Bills, you're playing Diggs, you're playing Gabe Davis. I mean, we saw Davis's upside last week. He was the number one by low in all of fantasy last week. That is not the case anymore. Everyone remembers, oh, yeah, the dude just twisted his ankle, and he's going to be fine. He's going to have insane upside. Sure, he has a low floor each week, but you play dudes getting like three, what was it, three for 175 and like two touchdowns. You play Gabriel Davis every week for that upside. The only question is in the slot. McKenzie should return this week, but will he be the full-time slot wide receiver or did Shakir do enough last week to kind of rotate in? If we knew McKenzie was full-time, I'd probably play him this week in a really good game environment, getting a lot of snaps. But if he's going to split with Shakir, it's like, well, now I don't want either of them. So we'll see what the reports are. My guess is that they split though. And so my, you know, initial guess is you're benching both Shakir and Crowder. For the Chiefs, Kelsey is their wide receiver one and they're spreading the ball out um just around a lot like behind that. Random people are gonna have spiked weeks. Random people are gonna hit hit deep, but like, you know, Juju hasn't been playing well. He's not even getting open. Like he's not playing well at all. MVS looks like their best wide receiver, but you know, if you look at this game environment, the Bills have a great defense, and I know the total's super high, but like usually the total's lower, but the Chiefs are, say, like touchdown favorites. They're underdogs this week, and so their team total, their projected points scored, is less than 26. So that's still lower than usual. So I know it's a good game environment, but again, if you look at how much they're projected to score against a normal week, it's actually less. So this isn't some spot where it's like play everyone. Honestly, you're playing Kelsey, you might just be benching all of them like you could play juju or mvs in the flex but i mean 
I probably would prefer not to. I think both are outside my top 30 wide receivers this week. The Sunday night game, Cowboys at Eagles low. 42-point total, probably going to be a very defensive game. Eagles, six-point home favorites. For the Cowboys, it is lamb or bust. Gallup has been performing well working back from his knee injury, but the Eagles' defense is very elite. This game, again, like I said, it sets up as like a a game where the defense is going to win. It's not going to be a high-scoring game. At least it's very unlikely that it is. It's not going to be a game where both teams are driving up and down the field very easily. I think you're just benching everyone that is not CeeDee Lamb. For the Eagles, also a very tough matchup. At least they're playing at home. They have the better offensive line, so that helps them. And then also Brown, Smith, they have a 30 and 25% target shares respectively. So, you know, they are very involved in the offense. And even if the offense isn't going to, like, you know, run up and down the field, it should be a relatively close game. Uh, They should still be successful to where I think you can play both of them. Brown, definitely at wide receiver two. Smith, more a flex play this week. As you guys know, I have to decide if I want to play Smith. I finally, after five weeks, got him right last week in playing him. This week, my decision is between him and Rondell Moore. I have no idea what I'm going to go with right now. You can check the rankings. Whoever in half PPR is ranked higher, that's who I'm going to go with. But right now, they're projected for exactly the same amount. My lean right now is Rondell Moore because I actually like the spot for him a little bit more. But I don't know. I really don't know what I'm going to end up doing. Again, he's a flex play. Uh, he's got a high upside. We saw last week he had 10 receptions. We saw him with like 150 and a touchdown earlier this season. But again, it's still a difficult spot. Like Dallas has a very strong defense. Final game of the week is going to be Broncos at Chargers. This game has a 45.5 point total. Chargers, one and a half point home favorites. For the Broncos, always start Colton Sutton. And I would probably bench Judy this week. It's a really good spot for the Denver running backs because the Chargers have no idea how to stop running backs. Not so much for the wide receivers, though. Uh, Sutton's 28% target share. That's going to help him overcome pretty much any matchup. But Judy only has an 18% target share. Hasn't shown that same ceiling as Sutton, aside from like one busted play in week one. So again, play Sutton, bench Judy. And then for the Chargers, it seems like maybe Keenan Allen can play this week. But that is a super risky start if we are not sure. Again, this is the Monday night game. I would need 100% certainty on Sunday if I was going to feel good about playing him with no backup plan. If you don't have someone else you could throw into that wide receiver spot or in the flex spot, then I would simply just like not play him. Don't take that risk. We don't know if he's going to be out there. We don't know what the snap share is going to be. If we have 100% certainty, sure, go for it. You know, it's, it's Keenan Allen. He's going to be great. The only way that I would, again, is you have that player. You've got a running back or a wide receiver you could throw into that spot. The thing is, I don't love the Denver running backs. Even being in a good spot, like if there's going to be three of them rotating in, I don't love that. And then... I don't love Palmer this week against, you know, a really good pass defense for Denver. So the likelihood is, again, unless you have 100% certainty, don't play Keenan Allen. I don't think you're playing Palmer regardless of what happens. And then Mike Williams, you probably have to play wide receiver too, but he's got a brutal matchup against Sertan. So it's like, you don't love it. You probably have to play Mike Williams. uh, But yeah, check the reports on Keenan Allen because obviously Keenan Allen's out. Mike Williams stock goes up. So that is a breakdown of every wide receiver this week. If you have any other questions, you can see my exact rankings and projections on my website, theoffensefootballadvice.com. Plus, there's a free game-by-game breakdown in the description box below as well. I'll be back tomorrow to go over my favorite plays this week. That, my friends, is the end of this one. Hope you all enjoy. If you did, 
How about hitting the like button? And how about subscribing to the channel if you're new here? Thanks for watching.